a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Today is episode 93 of this new program, relatively new here on KSL News Radio. We've covered a lot of ground today, talked to a lot of folks. Those conversations will continue in just a moment. But let me uh, tell you what's happening later on in the program. At 2.30, we will be hearing from state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. She, uh, along with the governor, will be providing a situational update on COVID-19. You heard in the last segment the unfortunate uh, news that the number of deaths here in the state of Utah attributed to the coronavirus has increased by four. We are now uh, a state where we have sustained 39 deaths because of this coronavirus. Uh, There are additional positive cases uh, and the hospitalizations have uh, increased as well. Now, uh, as tragic as those numbers are, uh, and I hate to refer to them as numbers because each and every one of them refers to a human life, but as fortunate at, or as unfortunate as those statistics are, if you compare our experience to the experience of other states and countries around the world, uh, we are doing all right. And to hear Dr. Angela Dunn explain that, she would say that that is attributable to a number of factors. Number one, our discipline and our adherence to the guidance which encourages social distancing, stay home, stay safe, save lives. It also has to do uh, with our relatively young age here in the state of Utah and it uh, being, you know, circumstances, what they may be, uh, some of that has attributed to uh, Utah's relative success in combating the coronavirus. Now, we need to be sure that we are staying mindful of every single uh, medical facility which is combating uh, the coronavirus. The Associated Press uh, yesterday released uh, an article under the headline, VA Medical Facilities Struggle to Cope with the Coronavirus. There are some heartbreaking figures there. I'll share that article on my Facebook page. You can uh, click and clack your way over there and see how uh, various uh, states and localities are handling Uh, the coronavirus, specifically in the VA facilities. But to get a picture of how things are faring here in the state of Utah, I've uh, invited Dr. John Nord, uh, who is the uh, Salt Lake City Deputy Chief of Staff at the uh, VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System. He joins me on the line now. Dr. Nord, sir, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I really want to thank you guys for talking about these important issues like you are. Tell me, tell me um, what, would, uh, what the VA facility is facing. Yes. Yeah, so first I'd like to say thank you to everybody who works here at the VA and our healthcare partners in the community for doing such a great job of getting information out. What we've faced is not unlike the rest of Utah, which is a little bit less than we anticipated up to this point, and uh, we're doing a lot better than other areas. In terms of our preparation, we have spent the last two months gearing up and have been so grateful that the community and the government of Utah and governor and all our partners have helped push that curve out and flatten it to the point where we've had time to get ready to deal with any search that we might have. So what we've done is we started our car um, triage line where we can screen people in their cars and we can bring them into a triage tent if they look like they might be sick and need a little bit more evaluation. We can do all that while keeping them out of the hospital and, 
and try to minimize the the um, infectious nature of this pandemic. The other thing we've done is upscale our beds in our hospital. We have a lot more acute beds and a lot more ICU beds with those negative pressure beds that we had when that we more than we had when we started about two months ago. We've increased our beds by almost a hundred, and we've tripled the number of our ICU beds in getting ready for this to deal with this pandemic. And thankfully. We haven't had to use them like we anticipated early on. Talk to me for a moment about the technology that goes into those negative pressure beds. Uh, the, the, the technology used and the principles that play to combat the coronavirus uh, in those negative uh, pressure settings is absolutely fascinating to me. Explain that, please. Right. So what you, you can imagine yourself being inside of a patient room with the patient in that negative pressure room. Um, there's a mechanical ventilation device that will suck all the air out of that room instead of blowing air into the room like we would have in our house or in other places. And then that air is filtered, and it's in, a, some, in an ideal situation, it would be vented outside through more filters, and it would be safe and not back into the hospital. And so what we've tried to do is get all these mechanical ventilation devices put into where we're sucking air out of the rooms instead of blowing air into the rooms. And we've accomplished that through with our engineers here have been fantastic. And I want to give them a shout out. And we've been able to erect some temporary type shelters using some thick plastic sheeting that allows the room to, to have that type of negative pressure suction. Um, so when we are in the room and we're doing things that might generate aerosols that have the virus in it, those those air particles and droplets are being sucked up through the filtration system and not blown out into the rest of the hospital or the nurse's station or wherever else it would, might usually go if it was a positive pressure room. It's absolutely fascinating. Let me just uh, hijack the, the, the conversation for just one quick moment. Uh, I used to work in Washington, D.C., in one of the government buildings that supports the work done in, in Congress. And one of the security measures is to create a positive pressure circumstance so that if there is some sort of uh, agent in the air, it will be pushed out the doors and out the windows. Uh, and in this case, you want to keep uh, whatever may be the contagion uh, contained. And so uh, in the medical setting, uh, this negative pressure is so important. Thanks for explaining that. L let me ask you this, uh, uh, Dr. Nord. As folks seek treatment, let's say you are someone who uh, you know qualifies for treatment at one of the VA facilities uh, here in Salt Lake City, namely if you uh, approach the, the building, you have an appointment or something, what will your experience be uh, as it compares to, say, the pre-coronavirus era? Right. It's quite a bit different now. We have gone to virtual visits and have tried, the VA has its own platforms to do that. And so we've tried to convert as many visits as we can to virtual visits so patients never have to come near the hospital where they might come into contact with somebody who could have the virus. That way they can stay home and stay safe. And, of course, if we need to see them, we make arrangements. So we've essentially put all the potentially viral patients in one area of the hospital, and we see them in our triage tent area and keep them away from the area where we might be seeing people that have a totally different problem that's not related to a viral illness. If a patient so those are the ways we... Yeah, go ahead. If, if a patient does need to visit your facility, do you have uh, stipulations on, on guests, number of guests, uh, maybe caretakers or those who would assist in bringing them in? 
Yes, we don't want visitors coming on to the extent possible. But as you know, uh, many of our veterans need need somebody to help them with their appointments. Maybe they don't understand all the instructions they get, or maybe they're not physically capable of getting themselves to appointments. And those people are certainly allowed to to come in, wear a mask, and be present when they're dealing with appointments when we have to do that. And we see that frequently, but especially children, you know, have been identified as being a big area of asymptomatic carriers. We want to keep kids out of the campus um, and to the extent possible. So when we're talking about visitors, we don't want to have visiting children and we don't want to have visiting relatives like we would normally have when you have a of somebody in the hospital and you want to go see them and see how they're doing, we're discouraging that now unless that family member needs to be there. We want to communicate over the phone or some other way. All right. We're also gearing up um, and have started using the capability to do video chatting with patients who are in the hospital to their loved ones out of the hospital. Hmm. So we have a technology that can accomplish that if we ever get a, a significant number of patients in the hospital we will at least be able to have them communicate with their families with a video chat tool. That's a thoughtful service. Dr. John Noor, Deputy Chief of Staff of the VA Salt Lake City uh, Healthcare System. I'm grateful to you for your service, Doctor. I'm grateful to you for the explanations you've shared with the audience here. Uh, and I get back to work saving people's lives, all right? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back after the newscast, then I want to talk to you about that story I mentioned earlier coming out of Washington where there is an employer who has gone through the steps to secure some loan money through the Paycheck Protection Program. And instead of finding a workforce of grateful individuals, they are upset because now they will be receiving less money as compared to what was available through to them through the unemployment insurance program along with a supplemental 600 bucks a week uh, given out by the federal government i'll share with you all the details next on live mike i'm lee lonsberry and this is ksl news radio